0: VOA News reads, Uganda police confirm arrest of 120 LGBT people. So I open the article, and as I'm briefing through, it seems the officer suspected these members to have been using narcotics. So here I'm thinking, okay, why did the heading need to specify the sexuality? They could have, like, left out the LGBT and it could have been included narcotics, you know, the reason why, like, they're being arrested. But then at the end of the article, I see. Arrested for common nuisance laws because they were assumed to be members of the LGBT. Assumed? Arrested because they are assumed? They were charged with common nuisance laws because they sounded gay in a society that still threatens the LGBTQ community with life in prison. So what is considered sounding gay? Guy Branham, author of My Life as a Goddess and LGBTQIA activist, explains that the gay voice is the ability to blend into the wallpaper when we need to, but that it's also the capability of making ourselves known in other situations. So let's try to understand what exactly the gay voice is, And then we can explore the queer coding that is shown in Hollywood. And then we can examine the implications for individual gay men and society. The New Yorker describes the gay voice to be floaty on the cadences, it's a little strong on the s's, a wooly speaking style with a bit of a lilt. But to understand why many gay men sound the same, we can conceptualize the development of a voice in two ways. Nature versus nurture. You know, we can agree that men and women inherently sound differently because it's rooted in the sex that we're born with. Men tend to have larger vocal folds than women, and all of this happens thanks to the jolt of testosterone during puberty, which allows those vocal cords to expand and loosen, which makes men's voices naturally lower than females. But only looking at the nature side of things leaves the question, why do gay men sound more like women? Enter Nurture. Men with stereotypical gay voices are known to adapt their speaking style due to their environment. A University of Toronto study uncovers that perhaps there was a dominating female as a developing boy's vocal role model. You know, gay men often idolize strong women while coming of age, so they pick up on vocal cues from their favorite queens. Another contributing factor is when people spend a lot of time together, they start sounding the same as each other. So linguistics professors Henry Rogers and Ron Smith conducted a study where they asked people to listen to recordings of 25 men, 17 of which were gay. In 62% of the cases, the listeners identified the sexual orientation of the speakers correctly. Now many people don't understand how this is considered to be wrong, but for gay men, how they talk can lead to verbal and physical abuse. The way someone sounds is often the first stereotypical indication of someone's gender and or sexuality. This becomes an even deeper discussion when we think about the non-binary and transgender community. Since the gay voice is somewhat obscure, it is easy for the entertainment industry to exploit. We call this queer coding. According to Trishy Ennis, editor of the Sci-Fi Wire magazine, queer coding is the process by which characters in fictional media code or seem queer. They're portrayed with characteristics that are traditionally associated with the gay boys, And these queer coded characters' sexuality is not pursued in the storytelling. I mean, there are winks and suggestions, but nothing even close to euphemism. Common queer-coded characters with these limp wrists, flashy personalities, and even a lisp range from Scar and the Lion King, Jafar and Aladdin, Hades and Hercules, and many, many more. These comic pansies go all the way back to early silent films, which helped establish the leading man's masculinity by juxtaposing it against the effeminate qualities of its villains. Hugh Ryan for Vice Magazine explains that these queer-coded characters' sexualities are rooted in the Hays Code, a conservative set of industry standards set in the 1930s for filmmakers. It said you could have gay characters as long as the audience was unsympathetic to them or they died due to their immorality. It wasn't enough to gently mock their non-normative sexuality, but they had to be evil and even die. So let's listen to this clip from the 2012 movie Wreck-It Ralph.
1: Beyond the halitosis you so obviously suffer from. Listen, Nelly Wafer.
0: So, for those of you that don't know what a Nelly Wafer is, it is a derogatory term that was used decades ago in reference to a flamboyant homosexual man. And in that past clip, you hear the lead Ralph, the masculine hunk of a man, call the flamboyant villain of the story. derogatory term. According to Ren Martinez, a social psychologist writing for Margins magazine in 2015, when children see and hear gay-sounding villains in Disney movies, defeated by heroes who are honest and kind, it is easy for a kid to think, don't be like this gay guy. In these moments, queerness itself becomes villainous. The heteronormative codes governing society have driven many gay men to turn to code switching in fear of being outed or bullied for how they speak. Code switching, defined by David Thorpe, creator of the 2015 documentary, Do I Sound Gay? is the phenomenon of switching between different language characteristics in response to different environments or situations. According to Dr. Fabio Fasolio, who conducted a 2014 study known as the Gay Voice Project, Four out of 10 gay men reported being coded as gay because of their voices. Members of the LGBTQIA community turn to code switching in hopes that they can pass as heterosexual in certain situations. Today, I have Alex Chun, sophomore journalism major at Northwestern Chicago, to hear about his own experiences with a gay voice stereotype. Hi, Alex. Hi William, how are you doing? I'm so good. Thanks so much for being here. And I feel like um I just want to get started by just saying how much I admire you for being open about who you are and your sexuality. Um and I think ever, yeah, ever since I met you, like you were just like, This is me, I'm here. And I feel like I just like really admire that. Thank you. That's yeah. So kind. No, I, I love you. So I'm just gonna I go like right into too. it. <laughs> so I just wanna I just wanna hear about your experiences. Like do you think the gay voice exists and like do you think you have one
1: yeah so i would definitely say it does exist um i like i just to me that's not disputable like stereotypes exist right and like the way that we perceive bodies and the way that like we perceive and hear and just like make presumptions based on what we're perceiving does exist and there's a stereotype about the gay voice and like inflection mm-hmm. in terms of myself um it really depends um so i did like speech in theater in high school. And naturally, you kind of just have to code switch when performing, like, a role that is historically played by straight people. Mm -hmm. And so I've become really accustomed to being able to just do that naturally. Um, Whether it be, I'm also a journalism student, so when I'm producing audio stories or just talking to, like, large groups of people, I'm used to switching into a voice that I think will be more, well, will be tied less to presumptions about my sexuality.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think there's pressure for that?
1: Definitely. I think that for me, I am hyper aware of how I am being received by other people just because I am used to doing that in theater and speech or journalism or storytelling in any format. And because of that, I want to be accessible and I don't want people to make presumptions about me and just take in the content that I'm giving them, if that makes sense.
0: No, I love that. I love that. Um, why do you think we associate sh- sexuality with like the sound of a voice?
1: I totally think it's gendered. Um, the reason that like I think that we do it is because we presume that this quote-unquote gay voice sounds more feminine. And there's a conflation in society of femininity um, when it comes to like biologically male bodies. If they act feminine, they must be gay. Mm-hmm. So I think that that conflation is just totally seen with voice. And that's how the stereotype came to be.
0: Absolutely. Okay, well, thanks for being here. Dan Savage, author and LGBTQIA activist, expounds. Being comfortable with your voice is the last vestige of internalized homophobia. It's your voice. Why change it?